Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We are going to look today at the story of Jacob. And basically the, the series, Summer Stories, is, is a series we're doing during the summer where we are looking at different stories in the Old Testament. And just um, unpacking them and looking at them and, and uh, um, really seeing um, what their life was about. And when you look at Jacob, uh, one of the interesting things, I think one of the most fascinating things about Jacob is that the Bible talks more about Jacob than it does most of the other people. Jacob was the grandson of Abraham. Everybody knows who Abraham is. And, uh, but Jacob... Um, just it's a, he's an interesting guy to study, and uh, uh, we, we I love this series because I love to just kind of unpack the different stories in the Bible. How many of you know that we need to know the Bible, and we need to learn the Bible? And so these, the, but what's so incredible, and you know the Bible is true because this guy's life was so messed up. Like if I wrote the Bible or if you wrote the Bible, wouldn't you like go? Well, hey, we're going to leave that guy out. You're just going to kind of pick the different people that you think kind of like they make a pretty story. His story, you look at his life and, and what it really how even from the first moment of his life, it just, there was a lot of chaos going on in his life. And one of the things, if you were to define his life, Jacob's life, um, if you wanted to kind of make a statement of what represents his life is that life for Jacob, was not turning out the way that he thought. His life, the life that he wanted, the life that he intended for his life, it just wasn't turning out the way he thought. And he, he starts from very early on, before he, the Bible, it's so interesting to me because it shows us and gives us a glimpse into his life that you already see the, the struggle because he's already fighting against the way his life is turning out and what, what, what is his life. And he, he has a brother, a twin brother, which his mom and dad were Isaac and Rebekah. And Isaac and Rebekah had twin boys, which were Esau and Jacob. There were twin boys. And Esau was born like five minutes before Jacob. So there's this crazy competition between these two brothers. How many of you grew up in a home where there was a lot of competition between you and your brothers? Sisters, you always created, there was always something you were going to make a game out of. It doesn't matter what you're doing, where you're at, you're going to make a game out of it because there's competition. And Jacob is always wanting what Esau has. In fact, it's, it's really funny because before they were even born, as Esau is being born, Jacob the Bible tells us that Jacob is grabbing a hold of his heel and trying to pull him back in and saying, you're not getting out first, I'm going out first. That was a lot funnier, and there's two people that laugh, but that's okay. <laughs> We're going to work it today. <laughs> there's this competition, they're struggling, and, and again, Jacob is wanting what Esau has. And the Bible describes a little bit about these two guys, Esau is his brother, and, and he's the older brother, and, and the Bible tells us that he's a skillful hunter. Um, Esau would be kind of like the Duck Dynasty kind of guy. 
He's an outdoorsman. I think it's really funny, and some of y'all don't think the Bible's funny. I think there's a lot of humor in the Bible. But it says, the Bible tells us that his whole body was like a hairy garment. This guy was hairy. Like he was so, like how many wives, how many ladies here can, like you can testify that you know a hairy person. <laughs> I mean, he's, he, this guy is hairy. You, you want to know what the Greek word for Esau, it's Chewbacca. <laughs> it's not really, I'm just playing. Jacob is the complete opposite. Jacob wants to be in the tent with his mama. He's a mama's boy. And automatically, you start to see what, the, what Jacob's issues are. Because, see, Esau is the daddy's favorite. And Jacob is the mama's favorite. Jacob grows up never having his dad's approval. Jacob grows up fighting, always trying to get one up on his brother, he can't be happy with who he is. He's, gotta, he's, he's looking for something that he thinks he wants and he needs to be fulfilled in his life. And he doesn't have his dad's approval. So he's trying to get it. He's trying to get it. And he can't enjoy what he has and who he is. I was thinking about summer stories and some of the stories of, of our summer vacations and things like that. And uh, we love to go to Florida. How many of y'all love to go to Florida? I love to go to Florida, go down to the beach and hang out. And I remember early on in our, in our marriage, um, we, we went down to Florida and, and um, as we were kind of like getting ready to go down there, I found this hotel that we could not afford, but I was like, this place is awesome. How many of y'all have ever stayed in a hotel you can't afford? And my wife's like, babe, we can't afford that. And like, y'all, my wife is the saver big time. I'm like, we can do it. Come on. We'll figure it out. And I'm like, I had this great idea that what we were going to do to stay in this beautiful hotel is we won't eat out. Yeah, right. <laughs> we won't eat out. And so what I, my grand idea was we were going to buy the biggest, giantest, giantest is not a word, but anyways, uh, biggest cooler we could find, and we were going to load it down. So I got this cooler. My wife's like, this is embarrassing. This is a beautiful hotel. We're pulling up. She's just like going, you're, you're embarrassing us. Like, we're, we haven't even got there. And I've got this cooler so loaded down in our, in our, we had this Jeep Cherokee. It's in the back. It's one of those big old white fishing cooler, like gigantic coolers. I got like Coca-Cola's in there. I've got like peanut butter and jelly, like lunch meat, breakfast, anything you want, dessert. It's all in there. I mean, it's all in there. And I'm like, we're staying there, babe. We, we pull into this, this beautiful hotel in Florida, and the valet runs out, and like, hey, and they already knew our name and all this stuff. It was, like, incredible. He opens up our, the back end, and he starts to take our luggage, and he sees this big old cooler, and he's like, are y'all going fishing? <laughs> nope. That's going in our room. <laughs> he couldn't even pick it up. It was so heavy. He had to get another guy. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, I know y'all are like uppity and stuff. You don't do these kind of stuff. 
<laughs> Some of y'all are like, oh, we don't, but my wife and I do all those kind of crazy stuff. We have competitions of how many, like, shampoo, hotel shampoos we can gather up. You know, it's like, we come home with a big old bag of them. We, we, we work it. Oh, okay. It's like There's competition. But we, we get there, and we're, we're, like, in the room, and I'm excited. I'm like, babe, this is so beautiful. We open up the, the curtains. We see the ocean. We're like, man, this is going to be amazing, and we make our, every day we would make these little sandwiches and take our little Coca-Cola's down to the, to the pool and hang out down there. And we would like kind of hide, you know, you, you don't want to act poor when you're down at the pool. It's a night, you know, some of y'all are like, what? But anyways, you didn't want to like, so we'd take our sandwiches and our Cokes and all that stuff down to the pool and we would kind of eat on them a little bit and like act like we ordered it. But our, <laughs> we would, I, Listen, I'll never forget this. We're looking around, and there's this family. They got these little kids, and these little kids were yelling at the waiter, and they were ordering anything they wanted. They're getting hamburgers and big old float Coke floats with ice cream on it, and they weren't even finishing it. I'm like, I would have licked the bowl. They were leaving food around, and I was like, tell my wife, I said, we need to pray to Jesus that we hear their room number. <laughs> if we hear their room number, we can order whatever we want to. I'm like, come here, little kid. What room are y'all in? <laughs> I wanted to get their room number because I wanted to start ordering what they had because I didn't like what I had. You know what? A lot of us, this is, this is what happens in your life. It's all of, all of a sudden... You start looking around in your life and you see what other people have. And maybe it started early on. There's competition because, again, you're trying to get approval from your parents. You're trying to get approval from people. So you go on this race and it causes you to do a lot of things that you start to kind of manipulate your life. You start becoming a manipulator because you don't like you. You don't like what God has done in you and where God has put you. You don't like the season that you're in, so you're always working an angle. And the Bible tells us this, that it's just so, to me, interesting because Jacob's mama got involved in this dysfunction. Do you know that, that, that one of the saddest things is when, when you see a, a, an adult that, that has never dealt with their past and never dealt with their dysfunction, they go and think that they're going to solve their problems in life and have kids, and then they start passing that dysfunction. They live their dysfunction out into their kids as a father, as a mother. And his mama gets involved. Again, Jacob's her favorite, and so she's already teaching him how to manipulate things and how to work things. And this is what she says to him. And again, listen, the competition is going on. Jacob even, go study what what it meant to be the oldest son. The, The oldest son got the birthright, got the inheritance. So Jacob wanted Esau's inheritance. So the Bible tells us, go read this, he tricked his brother into giving him the birthright. Then his mom has the idea, we're going to trick your dad into giving you the blessing. And she finds out that he's about to die. And she, she, she has this, this scheme. And she tells him in Genesis 27 verse 8. 
She says, now do exactly as I tell you. Go out to the flocks and bring me two young goats, and I'll prepare your father's favorite dish from them. Then take it to your father, and after he has enjoyed it, he will bless you before his death instead of Esau. Verse 11, but mother, this is Jacob talking, but mother, he won't be fooled that easy. Think how hairy Esau is. I'm like, how hairy was he? The guy was hairy. And how smooth my skin is. What if my father feels me? He'll think I'm making a fool of him and curse me instead of blessing me. In other words, his mama's trying to get him to act like somebody he's not. She's telling him, you need to act like your brother. And, 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 and again, this deception in, in verse 19, it says, Jacob goes and he starts the lie to his dad. And he says, it's Esau, your oldest son. I've done as you told me here. Here is the delicious venison you wanted. Sit on it and sit up and eat so that you will bless me with all of your heart. Isaac, how were you able? His dad, Isaac, says, how were you able to find it so quickly, my son? He says, this is how he responds. He gets religious with him and he says, but Jehovah, your God, put it in my path. How many of you know that a lot of us, listen to me, we are already trying to use religion and God to manipulate what we don't like about our life. We rationalize our life. We excuse ourselves by saying, well, God's just working. God's doing this in my life. And, and he brings God into the lie. Verse 21, Isaac, come over here. I want to feel you and be sure it really is Esau. So Jacob goes over to his father. He feels him. The voice is Jacob. This is what he says. The voice is Jacob's. But the hands are Esau's. Jacob deceives his dad. But it's all part of this, this, this plan, this scheme that he has because he's trying to work it. He is manipulating his life into being somebody that he was not created to be. Esau, the hairy man, finds out that his brother has, has crossed the line. It's like, he's, it's like he's done the worst thing possible. He's so mad, he's like going to go get his buck knife and kill him. And he is angry, and he comes after his brother, and Jacob starts on a journey running for his life. The Bible tells us he spends 20 years hiding from Esau. Hiding from this moment in his life. And I want to ask you this question today as we talk about his life. Is that, yes, that's Jacob's life. And Jacob has an Esau experience in his life. What experience did you walk through? What was it in your life that has caused you to start running? Because see, I believe that this room is full of people that are running from something. You're running from some issue, some experience that has happened. For some of you, maybe you're, you walked through a divorce. For some of you, maybe you walked through an affair. For some of you, maybe you walked through the rejection of a parent. The painful experiences that you walked through in your life were where, where it is a moment that has marked you and you have decided, I cannot deal with this. It is too painful. I am going to run. 
What are you running from in your life? What, what, what is it when you look at your life that you're running from? I mean, think about that for a moment. See, see I, I want you to understand something that Jacob runs and, and externally, his life is pretty successful. Jacob accumulates, the Bible tells us he accumulates great land. He accumulates a lot of cattle. He's got a huge family. On the surface, he's blessed, but internally, there's the Esau issue. You know, everybody in this place has got an Esau issue. You got an Esau in your life that that you're running from, that, that you've not dealt with, that is a painful moment. And what happens is that you'll run from it and you'll begin to hide behind other things. Because see, the moment, the moment when the Bible tells us, let me read this to you, because the Bible tells us this final moment that he has to face Esau. And you listen to me, God loves you too much to let you live the rest of your life without getting healing in your life for the Esau's of your life. And he's gonna give you opportunities to face it, to face those moments, to get healing in your life for those, those areas of, of, of situations and circumstances that have been so painful in your life that you've not been able to really get healing. And listen to what happens in Genesis 32, verse 6. He, he gets the news that this, this, is, this is a huge moment. One of Jacob's messengers comes to him and he says this. He says, we went to your brother Esau And now he is coming to meet you and has 400 men with him. How many of you would be scared? You know, sometimes facing your past is a little scary. And what he does is is he has, in verse 20, the first part, you look, look at that. He says, Jacob thought. Jacob starts thinking about how's he gonna, what's he gonna hide behind because he doesn't wanna face his Esau. He starts thinking about what can I hide behind? The Bible tells us that what he does is he decides he's going to hide behind. He says, what if I send out a a bunch of animals? I'll send them some donkeys. I'll give them a gift. He sends them out in front of him. And do you know that a lot of us, listen to me, instead of facing your Esau, you're hiding behind Things that that you have put in front of you to protect you. For some of you, listen to me, this is why you work so hard. This is why you try to be the perfect mom, the perfect dad. This is why you try to manipulate everything in your life and you are a controller. And you're trying to control your life. Why? Because it is what you are pushing forward in front of you to try to protect yourself from facing your Esau. What is your Esau? You know, I was thinking about this in my own life and how this applies to me, and I I can see that, man, some of y'all a lot of times think, well, Pastor Stephen's just talking to me. Well, it's usually because God's been talking to me about my own issues. And I look at my life and the trail of things that have happened in my life and the Esau's that have happened in my life that have been so painful that I have I've ran from them and tried to cover them up by other things. And I was thinking back of, of 
It was like the Holy Spirit reminded me this week of one of the most painful moments in my life. It was early on, and I've shared this before with some of you in the church. You've heard me talk about this, but right after my wife and I got married, a man broke into our house and sexually assaulted my wife, and I was a youth pastor. And you, you talk about something that devastates you. I vowed in my life that I was like, you know what, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to fight. I was angry at God. I was angry at the world, but I was going to go out and I put forth my best effort in front of me to say I will be the best youth pastor this world's ever seen and I would work like crazy to build the greatest youth group I could build in Houston. I tried to do all kinds of different things to try to put this in front of me so I didn't have to deal with my Esau. And I remember several years ago when I was, I was going to therapy, and I, I know some of you are maybe in a, you're used to going to a church that the pastor acts like he's perfect, but I'll just tell you right now, I go to therapy. I do. If you don't like it, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I got issues just like you do. I was going to therapy, and my, my therapist was talking to me about this, and he was saying, Stephen, I need you to walk through this door with me. And I remember I was crying so hard I couldn't breathe. And he said, I, I want you to walk, let's walk through that door together. I, I remember I was crying and I couldn't breathe and I said, I can't walk through that door. I can't do it. I cannot walk through that door. That painful moment in my life, I can't, I'd rather just avoid it, deny it, whatever I got to do. I cannot face that. And listen to me, I believe that there are a lot of us today here in this place that you have that, this has been the, what's made you and has driven you in your life. And you see all of these other symptoms that are going on in your life, the addictions and all the stuff, the performance, the work, the trying to be perfect, trying to do everything right. Those are all symptoms of something that you are trying to deal with instead of dealing with your Esau. What is your Esau? See, listen to me. Until you face your Esau, you will never become the person that God created you to be. And God loves you too much. He's going to give you those moments, those opportunities to face your Esau. Look at verse 22 of Genesis chapter 32. It says, That night Jacob got up, took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of Jacob. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. And don't miss the next part. It says, So Jacob was left alone. You know, there's, there's something about when you get by yourself and everything kind of shuts down and you know, when you, when you have deep pain, you hate the night, right? Because it's at, in the night that you lay in your bed and you think about it. It's in not, at the night when you lay in your bed and you think about the pain that happened a long, long time ago in your life. And he's by himself. I love what Stephen Furtick said. The place of isolation can become the place of revelation. That when you get by yourself, 
This is where God does his greatest work in your life, where God can speak into your life. And verse 24, this is a huge moment in Jacob's life. The Bible says, so Jacob was left alone and a man. The Bible tells us, and scholars also tell us that this was an angel of the Lord, wrestled with him till daybreak. I look at this and I'm thinking, this guy wrestled all night long. I'm like, I couldn't wrestle for five seconds. But he wrestled. This guy wanted to change. It says, when the man realized that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched and he, as he wrestled with the man. Basically, what God was doing in Jacob's life was he saying, you think you're so strong. You're not as strong as you think you are. And he, he made his hip go out. He brought him to this place of pain. He brought him to this place that, see, God loves you too much to allow you to just live your whole life without facing yourself and facing your life. And listen to what it goes on. The angel said this. He asks him something so strange. He says, what's your name in verse 27? Which I think is so strange because the angel knew his name. Why did the angel need him to speak out his name? It's because he wanted him to come face to face with his identity and who he really was. He says, Jacob, he answered, which Jacob means, he says, I'm the deceiver. I'm the mess. That's who I've become. Number, verse 28, it says, no, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So what you see here is such a powerful moment that as he, he wrestled with God, God brought him to his, his moment where God was able to really speak into him and, and bring healing. Now, what I want you to hear me when I, when I talk about your Esau in your life, I don't want you to miss this. You've probably never thought about this, but you read on in this story. Don't you want to know what happened when Jacob finally faced his Esau in his life? Like, I would think, again, he's so nervous. He knows his brother hates him, and he's, it's, it's been playing out in his head for all his life. And when he finally knows that he's going to meet him, he starts sending all these gifts, all these things in front of him, thinking, I'll put all this stuff in front of me. Why? He's trying to avoid it. He's trying to avoid it. He's pushing all that, like, I'll try to be perfect again. All these things he's pushing. And what is so fascinating to me is that when he finally walks up and he sees his brother, what does his brother do? His brother runs and hugs him. He embraces him and he's, he's looking at, he's looking at his family. He's like, who are these kids? And He loves these kids and he's embracing them. You know what that tells me? God was working in Esau's life before Jacob ever went and met his Esau. That's, I'm preaching, y'all. Y'all better wake up. I'm just kidding. Sorry. I'm just making sure you're awake. God was working in Esau before Jacob ever went and did that. Do you know that God's already working in your Esau before you ever moved? 
Before you ever take your steps, some of you are so scared to face your past, so scared to face your Esau in your life. What you don't realize is that there is a God that loves you so much that he is working, he is restoring, he's healing, and he's just waiting for you to take your step because he's the one that is going to do it. Give God a hand. Come on, give God a hand. You're not giving it for me. It's for God. It's God's. God gets the glory. Listen to me. Don't underestimate the power of God to work in that and bring healing and, 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 and do this in your life. You know, he had to be shocked when he walks up to his brother and his brother is, has been changed and been healed and there's no anger in his heart. His, brother's, his brother doesn't even want the gifts. They argue about it because he's like, I don't want none of that stuff. I want you. That's the power of God at work. And I, w- I want to close with this because I-, I know that there are a lot of people that you hear this story and you look back at your life and you're like, pa- Pastor Stephen, I have my Esau's in my life. I've had these Esau moments that have happened. And my way that I manipulated and the way that I try to control these things in my life is that, that I've I made some bad decisions. Maybe you drifted into an addiction. Maybe you, you went and, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You're in the size of a room, there's all kinds of things that we do. There's people that have had affairs, all kinds of stuff. And you sit here today and your shame and your guilt is just like, God, how could I ever face my Esau in my life? Because I am a mess. You know, I I always say this, and listen to me. People that make huge mistakes and commit sins and get addicted to all this stuff, drugs and all, just, I mean, we could talk all day long about that. They're not bad people. They're just people that are medicating a pain. It's a deep, deep deep-seated pain that they're medicating. And they need somebody to show them how much God loves them. You know, years later, after Jacob dies, Jacob is dead. There's a guy named Moses. He's getting ready to take a great step and go lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And he comes to God and he's like, God, who should I tell him who is sending me? And, and God, in the way he chooses to describe himself, You could, he could have described himself in any way, but he says this to Moses. He says, you tell them that you are going in the name of the God of Abraham. You tell those people that you are going in the name of Isaac. And you tell them that you are going in the name of Jacob. He uses the name of Jacob to describe himself that he is the God of Jacob. And listen to me, God is your God. God is not just the God of your strength and your victories. God is the God of your failures. God is the God of your brokenness. God is the God of the worst thing you have ever done in your life. He's the God that loves you today. 
Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.